Any, anything that I should know about, about how we're doing this? I get to ask you questions this time. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's just like, um, let's just kind of talk about what I've been doing. It's kind of like talking about kind of lead up, how, how we got cool. to where we were on the start line. Um, and then like yesterday with Kate, it was just like, tell me about your running history. I don't know if we need to do that. Um, but like right. just kind of like how it all came together and then talk about the race. And then with Boston, we can talk a little bit about a little bit more about the after race because there was the elements of terrorist attacks happening, which is, yeah. which is part of the story. So yeah, I just kind of talk about Boston 2013 and the flow of it all. Okay, sounds good. So yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you take the reins there, D-dubs. This will okay. be, be practice. We should, we should have got Fobble to do one of these too. Uh, yeah. that, was, that was sweet. I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, that'll, that'll be, be really good. He hasn't got back to me with a date, but uh, anyway, hopefully we can get get him in for next week if yeah, not we'll make something else happen um okay so here we are we're gonna do uh we're gonna chat about the boston marathon how you doing i'm doing good man i'm doing good i'm i'm a little sad i didn't get to get on that red eye last night fly to boston was, really was that the to was that the plan taking the red eye yeah because genevieve was gonna come and just with her work and her um you know, in, in, in a different timeline, last weekend we would have been in Palm Springs and then this week for my uncle's 70th birthday and then this week we would have been going to Boston. So just like with her um, vacation time yeah. and, lack, and lack thereof, it would have been like she had to work Thursday. Uh, so then we would have flown to it Thursday night, gotten to Boston on Friday, just relaxed all day today and then got into the weekend events Saturday, yeah. Sunday and then race Monday. And then we were going to fly home Monday like after the race oh yeah we did that last year that was tough but. yeah I, I was not like i was i was i on the best of days i dislike traveling um it's it's one of those it's one of those areas of like i try to have an optimistic outlook for all things in life but with travel i always go into the pessimistic attitude <laughs> I just, i'm just like like you know it's like what's gonna go wrong today because <laughs> half the time something does go wrong and you're and then you're not disappointed you're just jaded and bitter <laughs> yeah that's uh that's what it's way, especially at uh, logan airport there that place is something else yeah east east coast american airports i mean canadian airports too because pearson sucks but like yeah east coast airports are awful for whatever reason they definitely were built in an era where they are now need to be renovated have you ever um, flown in the laguardia yes that airport sucks. It's like, it's just, it's just like a big subway station, essentially. It's wild. And yeah. I mean, there's so much traffic through there too, right? It's just, yeah. just like unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but here we are. We're, we're going to chat about uh, the 2013 Boston Marathon. So right. last we chatted, we were talking about uh, Rotterdam 2012. Uh, why don't you tell us a bit about... Uh, about life after that, because you were kind of uh, on the move uh, in transition and uh, you landed yourself in Vancouver uh, eventually. But uh, what, did, what did kind of the, 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 the rest of the 2012 look like for you and then coming up into, into, into Boston in 2013? Yeah, so I guess what happened was that um... You know, in, uh, after, after Rotterdam, obviously 
during the whole Rotterdam process is when I changed coaches and kind of made the decision to leave Guelph. Um, you know, Guelph was a great place to train, but being like a mid to late twenties single man, it was or single person at all. It's just like there's not a whole lot going on. It's like a college town or like a family town. So I was in this weird little bubble, and I was only there to train with the group. And the group I wasn't with the group anymore. So I was like, well, I'm gonna I gotta get the hell out of here. Um, and then as 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 luck would have it, you were you qualified for the Olympics, so you got yourself a little uh, a little training stipend from from Athletics Canada. And I remember you're like, hey, I'm gonna be in Flagstaff. Uh, you want to come to Flagstaff and train with me? And I was like, absolutely, I want to come to Flagstaff and train. So I spent a big chunk of time in Flagstaff. Um, I can't remember exactly when we went down there, but yeah, I was there for, I think I ended up being there for like two months in total. Um, first training with you through your Olympic buildup, which was a lot, a lot of fun. And then when you went to the Olympics, I was like, I, I'm just going to stay here for a few more months because I was training for the uh, Toronto Waterfront Marathon that I was going to do after you know, that, that fall. And, uh, I think I had a hamstring or something. Anyways, I ended up dropping out of Toronto, but in July, July 1st, 2012 was my first day, my first month of paying rent in Vancouver. So that was when I made the official move to Vancouver, pretty much sold everything I owned in Ontario, moved out to Vancouver with very little. And, uh, and that very little did not last long. I was, I was as broke as I ever was in my life uh, when I moved to Vancouver. It was a very humbling experience, but you know, running here, I was like, I've made the right decision. So started working a little bit, but yeah, so moved to Vancouver after training with you in Flagstaff. Um, and nice. that was life. And how was, uh, how, how was training going at that point? You, you were building up for, for Toronto. Uh, um, was training going well, even though, or was, were you hampered by, by injuries through that phase? Training was not going amazingly smooth. Like it was, it was somewhat consistent, but it was just such a huge change in life um, that like I had a hard time finding an initial rhythm. Um, you know, I was still running big mileage. I had a, a ton of accumulated fitness from just putting in a massive block for the last few years. So, but I did, I've always had hamstring issues my whole entire career. Um, it's just, even from like when I was a kid, I remember like running, if I run enough, my hamstrings hurt. It's just something I've always had. And it's over the years I've dealt with it, but it's like, I would say 80% of the runs I've ever gone on, I can feel my right hamstring. It's just something that I've come to accept. And at that point it was really, really bad when I first moved to Vancouver and I was trying to train for Toronto. Uh, so yeah, I was, that, that wasn't going super well. So I got injured. Or I shouldn't say yeah. I got injured. I had an, my acute injury <laughs> acted up in a bad way. And I, so I ended up dropping out of Toronto. Okay. So Toronto's off the table. Um, so the fall, fall's kind of a wash and <laughs> oh, good old Toronto. Um, and, and then when, uh, when does Boston come on the radar for you? Yeah. So Boston, I can't remember exactly when it was. It must've been sometime in the late fall early um or like you know late fall winter ish um so the elite field for boston is put on by john hancock and john hancock's parent company is manulife and manulife's a canadian company so they just wanted a canadian right so i i assume they probably just went like 
they probably went down the list. They're probably like, you know, Dylan, can you do Boston? No. Okay. Uh, cool set. Can you do Boston? No. Okay. Gillis, can you do Boston? No. Okay. Who's the fourth Canadian? And then that was, and then that was me. Uh, so they contacted me and was like, Hey, do you interested in Boston? And, um, there was like an appearance fee involved with it. And I was like, Holy, Holy moly. This is great. <laughs> of course I'll do Boston. You're going to pay me to come and run the Boston marathon. Absolutely. Sign me up. Um, it was, it was a good year to do Boston because there wasn't, I already had, I already had a qualifying time for the world championships. Yeah. And, uh, so it wasn't, I didn't really need a time, um, which was nice because in most every marathon I ran in my career, I was always chasing a specific time, which can be a little bit challenging. Uh, but with Boston, it was like, let's just go and do Boston and have a cool running experience. So I, signed in on that i can't remember exactly when it happened but i uh, had the conversations and, and got and got all committed to boston in the winter at some point cool that's sweet and when when you have a race that's not as focused on time did did that like change your mindset at all in terms of how you approached your training uh, and stuff like that? Because I, I, you know, from my own experience, I was very similar to you and that often was just chasing times and races and just be interested to know if it's like, if that was different for you in the, in the training and if that had an impact on whether the training went well or not. Yeah, I feel like it, 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 I liked it a lot in, in that, like, when you're training for a specific time, like, every workout you do, it's kind of like, I need to be hitting this time, because if I can't hit these times in the workout, so how am I going to hit these times? And so there's, like, this added element of pressure, uh, whereas with Boston, it's like, well, this is a hilly course. We know it's going to be a challenging course, so let's make sure we can handle the course and, like, put in the work, so let's make it more effort-based. Let's make it more, like, put the volume in. So there was less there was a general goal, but there was, it was less specific. Um, so, you know, I mean, if I was going on the track doing some mile repeats, it's like, let's try to hit these in like whatever, 435, 440 type thing. But like on the long runs, it's like, let's put in, you know, 40, you know, 35 kilometers of hard running. And uh, so I, I liked that because it took the pressure off a little bit in terms of every workout having this, like, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this, because that can become tiresome and takes, come can, take some of the fun out of it over time yeah for sure that's a it's a tough way to 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 be in a sport for so long just kind of being ready and being up for it all the time it's uh it can it can be crazy um okay cool so you're you're signed up for boston you're training away and are you training in vancouver at that point uh i went to no uh, after new year's that year i went to um virginia uh, and put in the training block with my with my brother Pete, who was living in. He was he had since he had become the the coach at the University of Virginia. Nice. So was yeah, that yeah. Your, he that was your first block North down. Sorry, that was your first. Was that your first time down to Virginia to train? Yes, because when I was training in, uh, he was at North Carolina when I was for Rotterdam, and then between that year, he had taken a new job down at the University of Virginia to be their track coach. So that was my first time heading to Virginia for a training camp down in Charlottesville. And uh, yeah, man. So I just went in there and it was nice because like, you know, being a, a quote unquote pro runner, I got like, you know, you got your advance on your appearance fee. And I was like, all right, well, this should cover the cost of this training camp. So let's go, let's go do this and just, just get fit. 
and just run a lot. And I, I, I loved that. I really liked going to training camps because I was just by myself. I've always been kind of, it's, it's weird because I love our training crew here with Mild Marathon, but I've always kind of been like a solo athlete. I think you, like, obviously when I trained with, with Guelph, I did the workouts with them, but I did all my own learning on myself usually. I mean, I've worked out with you. Uh, you were a good training partner, but for the most part, I've always been solo. So I was, I had no problem just going down there, going to Virginia, doing runs every so often with the group, but I just like putting in the mileage by myself. I kind of, kind of liked doing that. I just liked getting into that, that grind, that grind phase of training. That's cool. And so you're, you're down there, you're training away, you're getting, you're getting fit on the hilly terrain. And obviously the, you know, you mentioned the appearance fee thing a couple of times. That's probably, what did that do for you in terms of the mentality, knowing that, I mean, people that are listening probably don't know, but the existence of a, of a quote unquote professional Canadian distance runner, unless you're, you know, Mohamed or Melissa Bishop or one of the top athletes is pretty meager. So um, n- not insignificant to, to get an appearance uh, fee from, from the Boston Marathon. And th- did that kind of take the burden of life stuff off your shoulders that you felt you could just focus on the training too? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was like, at that, at that point, it was like, it's used, you're used to working off very fine margins so it's like it's like all right well it's like i know i don't have to worry about paying rent i know that i'm gonna be able to eat i know that i've you know it's like i've got the next four months four months of my life taken care of so i can i can focus on training and not worry about these stresses of paying bills or, or things like that and it is it's a real and like like i said i was living in virginia with my brother and my brother he always took super good care of me and I, i'm so thankful for everything he did for me during my career um but yeah, it's, it's like you're saying, like people, and I tell people like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a runner. That's like, how do you, they're like, always like, how do you make money running? And I'm like, you don't make a lot of it. And it's really hard work. Like, you know, it's like, you might have something from your sponsors and then you make, it's like, a, it's a few different revenue streams between prize monies, sponsorships, appearance fees. It's, and then usually a part-time job. So between those revenue streams, you, you have enough to get by and, uh, and you know, but you know what? Like that was fine. I was I was absolutely fine by that. I wasn't never in the sport to make cash. I was in their sport to run fast and see what I could do. So yeah, it was nice. It was it was very it was I could just focus on my training because I had those I had that taken care of. That's cool. So leading into the race, where's the like how's your confidence? Where's your fitness at? Did you do did you do any build up races? Dude, I I was as fit as I'd ever been. Um I had a direct comparison between Rotterdam, obviously, because that was like a year on from Rotterdam and a huge part of it's like, I got obviously my hamstring under control. I had really good physio and I had a really good strength. Like she wasn't a strength. She was like a Pilates instructor in Virginia. Her name is Robin. I forget her last name, but uh, she was like, she showed me this, and it all came from, I, to this day, I'm like, she showed me how to like open up my hip flexors. And as soon as I started putting a lot of work in my hip flexors, it kind of took something out of my hamstring and firing my glutes, getting my hips loose. And it just, it just allowed my stride to, I felt like that was the first time in a while. I was like, wow, my, I could actually run pain-free. And that was a huge part of what allowed me to train to the extent that I did. 
and I was fit. Yeah, I was, I was super fit. I put in a really strong block um, in, down there because it was, it was a hilly terrain. It's actually a good – Charlottesville is a great place to train for a race like Boston because you're okay being on the hills. But when I went down to there to train for, like, Chicago, it sucked because it was, like, there's nowhere flat to run. Um, but, yeah, so I put in a really good block, lots of big mileage, uh, big, big volume, you know, averaging, like, 100 – 40, 150 miles a week type thing. And I did the, I did, uh, I did the New York city half, uh, as my warm up, as my, as my, uh, prep race, which is the race I'd done the year before I ran faster around a PB. So yeah, it was, it was all, it was all systems go. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, when you have that ability to, to, to run a, the same half one year to the next as a, as a tune-up race and be able to see where you see where you're at. Obviously that's uh, that can be a good compa- comparison. We, you know, you don't always want to draw those direct, no. direct comparisons because build up races, you know, sometimes, sometimes they go well, sometimes they don't. You, you can justify 50 reasons why, why it doesn't and still, still have the confidence heading into the goal race. But obviously uh, you know, your, your confidence is high heading into Boston that year. So what's the, uh, like you, you've touched down in Boston and what's, what's the vibe? What's, what's going on there? What's, what's, what's happening? Yeah. So I mean, before, before I get into that, it's like, it's, it's, it's a good point with the, with the buildup race, right? It's like, if your buildup race goes poorly, you're just like, ah, yeah, I've just put in a lot of work. I'm pretty tired. That was, that was a good effort. I'm okay with that. Or if it goes really well, you're like, oh, sweet. I'm fit. I'm ready to go. So yeah, you can, you can kind of play mental gymnastics in your head with and justifying performances, but that buildup race was like you were saying, it was the same race, but it was completely different experience. Whereas the year before I'd gone to the 5k at 1418, this next year we went through in 1505. So there's, you know, there's 45 seconds in the first 5k, but I, I ran like seven seconds faster overall. So it was, it was very, uh, very different ways to get to a, very similar uh, results, but yeah, so that was four weeks out. And then, um, so I arrive at Boston. So this was like my first, like real big marathon, like Rotterdam was pretty big, but like I was there on my own dime. So like it wasn't, I didn't get like the VIP treatment. Uh, but at Boston, you got like, you've done Boston, like, mm-hmm. you know, like in terms of any elite field I've been in since, like Boston is, they, they treat you like a friggin' it's great. Um, so you arrive in Boston, you ride at the airport and then there's a guy with a sign that says Boston marathon. So you're like, yeah, that's, I'm here for the marathon. What's your name? Blah, blah, blah. And then we got in these sweet ass, uh, black Escalade SUVs. <laughs> and then they, uh, and then they take you there. I think I was in there with a couple of the Ethiopians and then they drive you in the, in the, in the official race hotels, the Fairmont Copley right down there by the finish line. And I remember getting in that hotel and like, this place is, this place is really, really nice. And then you get your room and then you get to your room and you have like your own room, which is rare. Like usually when you're at these events, you have a roommate. And so I remember getting in, there's only one bed and I was like, ah, I got my, and I had a, like, I talked, I I ran into Mary, who's the elite coordinator. I was like, is is like, get her own rooms. And she's like, yeah, of course. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. (laughs) This is so nice. And they just, they have all the bells and whistles. You get a nice little welcome package and, you know, they take care of all your meals and, and you just pretty much, there's nothing you have to do to, you know, you're there to perform. 
and they take care of you in that regard. I came in, I came in pretty early because usually with Boston, when you're in the elite field, they will fly you out to Boston some point during your training so you can run the course. But when I was scheduled to do that, there was a snowstorm and my trip had to get canceled. So uh, I flew it on the Wednesday because I was like, I want to get a look at this course. So on the Wednesday, I got in and then uh, drove to Hopkinton, drove the first 13 miles of the course, and I got out and ran in the last 13 miles. And I remember getting on the hills, and I was like, these hills aren't bad. These are fine. Like, yeah. Yeah. What's, what's, what's the big hype about these hills? So I ran the last <laughs> half of the course and, you know, just get a, a visual on it. And it was cool because it was, like, in the middle of, like, a work day, and the guy in the black SUV just drove right behind me. With his with his hazards on, <laughs> people were not super thrilled with him. But he's like, yeah, whatever. I remember That's that guy. That's amazing. He was an super, escort. He, yeah, and he was a super super nice guy. Oh man, he was a big Boston Bruins fan. Uh, <laughs> That's so, so cool. Yeah. And did you find that uh, that 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 was helpful to to have done that course course preview? I I feel like it was helpful, but at the same time, I felt like. It, it wasn't almost because like I remember hitting those hills. I'm like, these are nothing like this. This is nothing. I didn't take into account that you hit them after running hard for 16 miles, which I soon found out on the Monday. It was like foreshadowing. <laughs> it was like, a <laughs> yeah. of like oh, yeah, heartbreak hill, whatever. Oh. So, uh, no, but it was, it was cool because like, I, I just, I just love getting in the atmosphere. And like, I feel like that was like a, like I'm here to run the Boston marathon. This is, this is it. This is a show. Yeah. And are you like, what's uh, like, as a marathon runner, long distance runner, gr like growing up as a kid, like is Boston marathon marathon, something you're, you thought about doing? Like when is it, was it like a big deal for you? Oh, absolutely. My parents, um, my parents are both marathon runners and in our basement as a kid, we had a framed like Boston marathon poster um, I forget the name of the artist, like a Leroy Neiman or like this is this iconic artist who did like a series of um, a series of paintings for like iconic sports events. And he had a Boston marathon one. And that was in our basement growing up and it was always there. So like the Boston marathon was probably one of the races that I actually knew of in terms of marathoning. Uh, so yeah, it's like to actually go and do it. It was, it was definitely a big deal. It was definitely something like, and, it, and it's like, I think you've got the experience too, where it's like, you tell someone on the street, and it's like, you've run the Boston Marathon, like they know what the Boston Marathon is. 100%. So like, I mean, I, I remember you telling us one time, you're like, you would run the Olympics, and Francine had done Boston, and people like, you're, oh, cool, you're in the Olympics, but you did Boston? Oh my gosh, tell me about Boston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. You're not, uh, you haven't made it until you've uh until you've done boston for sure regardless so that's uh yeah it's just such a prestigious event and such held in such high regards it's like everyone is all about boston and and as we uh as we find out rightly so right so it's uh you're there and what's the you're getting treated like royalty but what's the, what's the game plan? You're heading into race day. Like where, where are you at? What are you thinking? Yeah, it was interesting um, because there wasn't really like, the plan was just to go and like, just run a bunch of like five, like there wasn't really so much of a, of a time because 
the nature of the course, right? It's just like, it's like downhill. So it was kind of like settle in with that group of Americans pretty much. It's like this run with the American guys. Um, and we'll see how things go. But like, yeah, I remember like race day was, was, was really cool. Cause you, you know, you wake up and then you go and then you get these shuttles that go from the, the, the hotel to the, uh, to the start line. And, uh, as you leave the hotel, everyone in the hotel staff comes and claps as you walk through. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, it's like this whole, this whole experience is just there to like boost your ego. <laughs> it's just like bumps your tires. Uh, and then, and then you get on these, and then you get on these buses, these really sweet buses, and then they drive you and there's a police escort. Like they shut down the highway and you just go and, you, and then you drive to Hopkinton and then, and then you're going to this like little church area and you, and you lie around a little bit and then, and then you warm up and whatever. And I'm a huge fan of running. I'm just, a, I'm a running nerd. So sometimes I can get a little taken out of my box because I'm like, oh my gosh, there's this guy. Oh my gosh, look at this woman. She's like one of the best, you know? So like, you know, the night before, actually the night before Boston, Pete is a good friend with um, Tom Ratcliffe and Tom Ratcliffe is Shalane Flanagan's agent. So we got invited to Shalane's like pre-race dinner and it was nice. pretty cool. It was, it was pretty cool experience because, uh, you know, Shalane's obviously a massive badass and, uh, someone I really admired. So to be invited to her dinner was pretty cool. And I remember like everyone was eating everything and Shalane are like bread. Can we have more bread please? Cause it was like a seafood, <laughs> it was like a seafood restaurant. I'm like, I don't oh, want, yeah, yeah. I don't want a bowl of chowder right now. Uh, and, and then like, everyone was getting desserts and after the and like Shalane and I were like what do you get like what are you gonna eat after the race like because right now I'm gonna eat bread but what are you gonna do afterwards and she's like I'm gonna eat a lot of ice cream and I was like oh, I'm just gonna drink a lot of beer <laughs> so uh but that was kind of cool but anyways race day comes and you're in the church you're getting ready uh and just the vibes and the energy are fantastic it's 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 unbelievable and like you were saying there's a reason why this this race is so renowned and so admired because the whole week, like you get there and people like people on the streets, like, what are you, are you here for the race? It's like, yeah, here for the race. Like, oh, and they're so proud of their race. They're so proud of their race. Like any major I've been to people in their cities are so proud of the event. And that's something that frustrates me with other not so big events, like in Vancouver, like, oh, you're going to shut down the road on a Sunday morning. How am I going to get to where I want to go? Stupid race. Right. In Boston, like, yeah, this is great. We're going <laughs> to yeah. have a street party and we're going to just cheer and we're going to have so much fun. Um, but yeah, so then again, you're in the, you're in the church, you get pulled out to the start line and, and you go by everyone. And it was cool. Cause I saw some people I knew and got to connect, but then yeah, the race starts and, and, and it's on, man. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite the, uh, quite the atmosphere through the start. And then, you know, obviously they introduce some of the elites, you're on the line, gun goes off so the plans to go with the with the top uh, americans in the field um and i pulled up the res the results and all the splits here uh to do a little research to see how this race played out uh so talk me through it a little bit because your plans to go with the top americans and uh I've, I've got the 5k split here and lo and behold you're in first place <laughs> But it wasn't that fast, was it? It must have been like... It wasn't. It was 1534, which quick math is about mm, to 10 to 11 pace. To 11 yeah, pace, that's, maybe? That's, that's, like a, that's, a 30, that's a 307 kilometer. And that's and, downhill. And it's fast, right? The first, it is, that first 2K is like... Oof. 
Yeah. Because I, I, I went, I remember the going off and we started going. And like within the first 800 meters, I was like, this seems like we're going really slow. Um, and we're going downhill. And I was like, I, I, I want to get into a comfortable, smooth stride. Because usually in the marathon, you use the first few kilometers to kind of find your stride and find your rhythm. And I was like, I don't want to jog. I want to at least like get into my rhythm and take advantage of this downhill. Um, so I just, I just ran with what I felt like was smooth and usually about five minute miles was pretty on that terrain. So I was like, I'm just going to run this. So I think it was myself and Jason Hartman and Fernando Cabada. Um, for whatever reason, we, we gapped the, we put a little bit of a gap early on. And I remember looking back and, and it was Fernando and Jason was like, whatever, they'll come back. Like this race is going to be run in much faster than this, but this is, this is kind of a pace we know we can sustain. It's not like we went out in like a 4.30 mile to try to get on TV. It was like, no, we're actually yeah. not going, we're not going that fast. This is these guys back here are dicking around a bit. So whatever, we'll just run. So yeah, we, we, took, we took a little bit of the lead. And I, cannot re- I can't remember, but eventually the pack passed us and kind of just blew by us. And there was probably like 10 guys in that pack. And we're like, okay, that's, that's normal. That's what we expected. We're fine. Now we can settle in and we can run together. Um, and again, it was still Fernando and Jason and I. And then that pack went by us, but then like they gapped us probably about like 20, maybe 20 seconds. I don't know. Um, but then they settled in real hard. And <laughs> so we were in the second pack. And then I think, so at 10 K, um, they might've been still ahead of us. Um, Let me see here. Let me look at this. Uh, look at these splits. It looks like there was like a pack of you guys at 10 K by 15 K you're about 15 seconds off, off the leaders. Okay. So cool. Right on. So I guess maybe they caught us after five. Yeah. Uh, and then with 10 and then they gapped us. All right. But then, but then they gapped us and then they stopped and we were running and there was no, like the gap wasn't going either or way. And eventually for, uh, Jason and I ended up catching back up to that pack. And I remember by 10 miles, uh, about 10 miles the pack we, we were in that pack and we were running in that pack so I mean I'm 6'3 and I'm pretty so I was trying to settle into the pack but I just kept getting clipped and yeah. like they were clipping my heels and like at the water stations there was lots of elbows uh it was it was kind of a it was kind of a a physical pack in there and it was really really bugging me uh and I remember at one point I was like I need I need some space to run here like I'm just I'm getting like I was feeling so smooth and so controlled. And when I got into the pack, I actually got knocked off my rhythm. Mm. I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna run my own thing. So I kind of got to the front and just started running. And uh, next thing you knew, I looked back and I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> I've, uh, I've gapped him. <laughs> yeah. So is that what you're, is, is that where, you, where your head goes? Because you're, you know, Boston is typically, for the top guy, you know, they get some of the top guys in the world in obviously uh, to run this race and, and no pacers. So there's no, uh, as you say, there's no real focus on time. And so it can often be a tactical race. Um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the top guys aren't concerned about the pace they're going. They're just reading each other, kind of sussing out what's going on, especially in the early going. But when you hit the front and you gap them just just to get your space and just to get your rhythm but when you look back you're like 
this could be it or you're just like uh, I'm just gonna stay 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 focused on what I need to do and I'm not really worried about about these guys because you're like winning the Boston Marathon yeah you know what I looked back and um because we came we came through half around 64 something like that and I was like I feel good this is this is strong running um and yeah and I looked back and I and I gapped him I was like I was like like at no point did I think I was gonna win the race right but I also had time to be like this is really, really cool that I am leading this race right now. Um, I'm not going to panic because I'm feeling smooth. I'm, I'm going to set myself up for a good day, but I'm going to try to enjoy this. It's like, I'm not going to surge and try to like make a huge gap. I'm going to be in control. I'm going to run my own race. But the fact that I'm winning is just a huge bonus. Uh, so I was just having, a, I was just having fun. And that yeah. way I was having so much fun. There's people cheering Everyone thought I was an American. It's like, oh, and they're like, I'd run by, they'd be like, USA, USA. And I'm like, I'll take it. It's positive energy. <laughs> and then, uh, and then you know, you come through Wesley College, which is the women's college there. And they're like, and they always said, like, you're going to hear them before you see them. And I was running through. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, I just hear this deafening screams. But I was right there. I was like, what? I thought I was going to hear, but I didn't hear them first because I was the first person. So, like, I was their cue. Ah, uh, yeah. Crazy. And at that point, it's like that, that, that point might be the single highlight of my running career is leading the Boston Marathon through Wesley. And they are literally so loud, you can't hear yourself think. And I just, I just had the biggest smile. But at the same time, I have 10 of the best runners in the world just hunting me down. I didn't, I didn't care, man. That was so cool. I, I, I love that moment. Um, and I, at that point, I think they were coming back on me. But it didn't matter. I have that moment and I have that moment for the rest of my life. And I am so happy that I did it. Yeah. That's amazing. Is it, you know, you, you get like, do you still get kind of chills and uh, when you, when you, when you think about that moment? Oh, abs- yeah, absolutely. I, I love telling the story that I just told because <laughs> it's, it's a, uh, it's a very positive memory I have on my running career. Like I have a, my running career is, I don't have a whole lot of like, high like i have some cool stuff that happened but like that is the coolest of the cool um so yeah i think back at that was so much so much joy and it just you know all the work it's it's to experience things like that yeah Uh, you know when i was in virginia training by myself on the dirt roads and then it it was for the opportunity to do that so yeah I, i look back on that very very fondly that's cool well and when you do you do a lot of visualization like would you have in training would you have like put yourself in the boston marathon you know when you're in virginia on on the hills running do you put yourself there leading through wellesley college and 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 feeling that and then living that moment is that is that something that that you would uh that you would have done i i i like i i am i'm a big fan of visualization um but often my visualization is towards like how i'm feeling um, not so much what I'm experiencing. It's like, I didn't expect myself to be leading the race. I didn't, ex- I wasn't really like, my visualization isn't based on like what the crowd is. Getting. It's a more like, I want to be feeling good. I want to be feeling smooth. I want to be feeling relaxed. I want to be just floating through the streets of Boston, like stuff like that yeah. rather than be like, and then the crowd's going to go wild and I'm going to win. Like it's, it's, it's not <laughs> that it's more like, you know, finding that flow within training because you know, there's, there's times when you have workouts and it just feels, and you just nail it. And you're like, that's, I want to feel like that in the race. And it's a lot of just like keeping a positive mindset and, and those things. Um, Cause those are things you can kind of control. And on the day, 
you know, it's cool if, if it's cool if something else happens, like like an experience like that, Wesley. But it's more like I was just, I was stoked on how good I felt running that race and how effortless it felt. Like that was just I was as fit as I've ever been um, since like since before that. Since like that was probably my peak physical fitness of my life. That was a peak. That's cool. So you're so you get to twenty five k. In the lead, and you've got five second gap on these guys. And how, like, are you feeling how you expect to be feeling? You, you're about to approach the 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 hills, the Newton Hills. Yep. Take yeah. us there. Yeah. Um. So you turn that right, right, and you go by the the fire station, and we're we're getting into the hills, and like at this point, the guys, like I know, I know they're gonna catch me. Um, the hill are coming and I, I was like this is this is fine by me because on the first hill they caught me and I was like cool now I'm just going to put in the hooks and just get pulled through the hills with these guys and it's going to be just fine um, so on the first hill they caught me and I just rolled up the hill with them and then coming down and they like they started moving they started racing this is when the race is on this is when these guys go from cruising five minute miles to start dropping like 440s and stuff like that so they're like they're starting to splinter, but I still had a goal. Like I want to be top 10 in this race. Right. I didn't have time goals, but I had, I definitely had placing goals. I was like, I want to be top 10. So like it was there, but I was actually hoping overall the race was going to be faster. Cause my plan was like, if I run steady and these, cause usually, you know, like there'll be 15 top international runners. And what will happen is they'll all go out at like 204 pace Mm-hmm. and then when they get dropped and as soon as like they're out of like the top five six they're out of the top money and they drop out of the race and then and then you come and pick up the scraps and that's how you can like get your way into a top 10 finish at a world major but i was like at this point i was like well these guys have all been just cruising for 20 nobody's dropping out like they're all gonna finish because they're all in it right now so i was like i might that's gonna be hard to be top 10 so i had to put in the, i had to put in the hooks and get pulled through uh but going up the second newton hill I just started cramping, like just cramping. Mm. So like, I've never, I had never had that in my career where like, it literally like felt like someone just stabbed my right calf and I had never felt that before. And I was like, Oh, like I literally might not be able to run. Like this day just went from amazing to scary really, really fast. It was usually with a marathon. It's like an, it's like a slow death. That was just like a, a big body shot. And I, so I, I was really scared. So I really had to pull back. I was like, I just need to get, I just need to keep running. Um, so I got gapped real hard, real fast. And the race got real hard, real fast. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point you're still, you're what, at about 20 miles, 30, 30 yeah. or so? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, you hit the top of heartbreak around like 20 miles or something like that. There's like a 10 K to go. Um, so, so how do you I, get to the finish? How do you, how do you, like, what, what do you, what's, what are you doing? What's going through your head? Like, how does it, how do you pull, pull it back together? Yeah, man. I was, I was at that point I was, I still had a lot cause I was still in the top 10. Um, and I still had a lot to fight for. It was fit, like, it was a combination of like the general like fatigue of the marathon, but it was that, it was that, that cramping was something I was unfamiliar with. And it was, it was, it was such an unknown. It was like, you know, it, once it goes, it might go. And so it, it happened a bunch of times over the next 10 K, but it was like, I really have, you don't really have a choice. You like, you just got to drag yourself. You just got to like, so it's just like, all right, my right leg is fairly useless. Um, let's keep doing what we can do. So 
obviously my pace suffered a lot. And every time I got passed by somebody, you do that trick where it's like, you're going to, you're going to hold on to them. And like, you know, when it first happens, like you hold on to someone for like a, a mile and then they go, and then you use someone for 800 meters and then they go. And I remember when I was in ninth place, um, a couple of Americans passed me. I was like, shit, this is the top 10. I'm going to hang with these guys. And I literally probably held hang with them for like four seconds. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, that's not going to happen. But at, at that point I was close enough where I wanted, I mean, I knew I was going to finish and I was tremendously uncomfortable, obviously, but that's just the marathon. But I wanted that, I wanted that Boylston street experience too, because that's such an iconic finish. Yeah. So how, what, what's, uh, what's that like? Cause you get, as you say, you get passed by a couple of Americans and that puts you in 11th place. Are you, you're aware you like, you've been counting as people go by, are you, you know that you're in 11th place at that point and you get onto Boylston and like, you, you, what's, what's the, uh, what, where's your, where's your head and how you, how are you dealing with things? Yeah, I was, um, actually I was, at, I was, at, I ended up, someone else passed me. And so I was in 12th when I turned onto Boylston, but 12th, is, and, but I was, I was so happy to be finishing. Uh, so, but up ahead, there was a Kenyan guy and he was running slower than I was at this point. So I was like, I'm going to go get that guy. I'm going to have a kick. So nice. the crowd's going crazy and I am doing like the most pathetic kick ever where it's basically to swing your arms and, and hope the momentum carries you. So I'm running as, I'm running as hard as I friggin' can. And, but I was, I was, it, I was in a, I had a very positive mindset. I was, I was, I was enjoying it. I was just like, you know, this is, I'm, like I said, I'm a, I'm a fan of running and this is one of those, this is one of those parts of running. It's like you always hear about. So I'm like, this is the Boylston street experience. Like live it up, man. Take it in. And, uh, and I ended up passing the guy which is, which is awesome. And I remember glancing at the clock as I finished. And I remember, cause I remember coming through halfway at like 64 something. And so then when I finished, I saw two fifteen. I was like, huh? <laughs> like that got, that got slower than I thought. Like I still thought I was going to run like two twelve. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm blowing up, but whatever. I'm still going to, I'm still running so fast that, or like, I still have so much of a buffer. But so then I saw like two fifteen. I was like, oh man, that was, I was slow, <laughs> but I finished and then I did, uh, and then my leg, my legs were shot. So I just, I just fell over and then they dragged my carcass away. Um, and then they put you in, they put me in a wheelchair and drew, and they, and then at the Copley Fairmont, they have like the staging area for after the race. And I remember Wesley career who had won the year before he was on the mm -hmm. table getting massage. I think he was like fifth or sixth that year. And it was really cool. Cause he's like, Watson, Watson, great race, man great race and i was like thanks wesley <laughs> and they rolled me <laughs> onto a table and they started massaging me and things but it, it was neat because i mean a lot of uh, a lot of people came up to me and were like that was that was cool you know good race good job and so it, it meant a lot to me to get kind of some respect from people i really admired in the running community so that was neat yeah, that's amazing. Obviously, like an an incredible experience and, and incredible memories. And there's still, uh, you know, to to me, an iconic photo of of you leading that race. I think Jason Hartman's a little bit behind you, and then there's there's the pack. So that's like uh, a moment. And I know that the, certainly within Canada, the the greater running community was like going nuts on that day, and then tons of talk about uh about how well you ran in the in the, in the days and weeks and months after so it was 
even though you didn't meet that ultimate goal, the top 10 is still a, a huge, huge uh, performance. And I'm sure something that was great just for your confidence. Yeah. And obviously, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm, okay, I'm, okay, I'm okay with being like remembered for a race I ran 10 years ago or not seven years ago because it was pretty cool. Like a funny story is uh, Genevieve, my wife, she was for her current job when she was doing her job like applying for the job one of the her her hiring boss justin great dude he's a runner himself he's like is is your husband rob watson and she's like yeah he's like ah oh, i remember that boston marathon that was such a great race <laughs> so and that was that was in 2018 so that was kind of cool that's yeah that's great i mean yeah you're you're on you know national television uh international television leading leading the whole damn thing so um should have won should have won boston won. i think that's that was your tagline right almost won boston <laughs> almost won boston there we go. that was on your original miles and marathon business card which yeah, yeah which we got 500 of printed up and i think maybe handed out four <laughs> probably yeah yours was like olympian this that i'm like almost one boston so it's like an inside joke and like people are like what does that mean i'm like i thought it was funny <laughs> yeah I, I liked it i thought it was great and it's something people remember obviously uh like like jason so mm -hmm. um but it was, it was also not to uh put a, put a damper on things but it's also a year and a race people remember because of uh obviously because of the the bombings in Boston uh, on race day. So you've, you obviously have, um, you know, what, yeah. what was the experience like for you at that? Cause it, you would have been done the race for, for a little while uh, by, by that point. Yeah, man. So obviously like this was a day where I experienced the highs of the high of my running and also the, you know, the lows and low, like in life, not even just running. Um, so after the race, we were in the hotel and I was having lunch with, with Pete and his wife, Kristen, who also was such an amazing supporter. She took care of me during my career, uh, put up with my, my, my BS. But anyways, um, so we're just, we're just having lunch in the hotel. And then we heard this, the first loud explosion and everyone kind of like looks out the window. They're like, and then someone's like, oh, it's, it's Patriots Day. It's a cannon. Don't worry about it. We're like, okay, cool, whatever. So we keep, and then like 10 seconds later, another one. And people are kind of like, really? Like it was loud. Like that's louder than a cannon. Like it was really, really loud. Because the, the, I don't know if you, I mean, you do, but some of you like the, the Copley, the Fairmont Copley is like right at the finish line. It's the closest hotel to the finish line. Uh, and so we're like, wow, that's, that was, that's weird. What's going on here? And then at the table beside us, there was a, there was a security guard. Right. you know and then another security guard came in and they had a quick talk and then they just got up and left they were just gone i was like what and then pete went on his twitter and you could see his face just go like oh like you know like whoa and then he showed us he didn't say anything he just showed chris and i it's like it was like explosions at the boston finish line and we're like whoa like what is going on type thing because it, it's it, it's a moment where you've never experienced it. You don't know how to prepare for it. You don't know what's going to happen. So we're just like, you're kind of just looking around. But then uh, someone who was involved in the race came into the lunchroom. We're like, everybody, can we all please, in an orderly fashion, go to this room? Like, just, just let's go. Um, and we're like, yeah, cool. Tell us what to do because we don't know what to do type thing. So we all went to uh, 
this room within within the hotel and they're like here's the situation there's been there's been some explosions we don't know we don't know what we don't know what's exactly what's going on but can we like get a head count for everybody to make sure you're accounted for and then and then can you just please go to your room and we're like oh okay and and you could like it was just so odd because nobody knows what's going on like there was there was two explosions so you don't know if there's gonna be more explosions and then there's all these rumors like yeah there's explosions up and down the, like oh there's you know the stuff people start yeah. talking and speculating it's like ah so i just went to my we just went to our room i just went to my room i was all by myself and then and then i turn on the tv and then like the news news things are starting to pick it up and then since i was kind of more of a well-known canadian in the race my phone just started ringing it was just like a like i talked to like my family um i think they i think they like kind of tried to like clog the cell phone thing for a while so you couldn't detonate or whatever so like it was it was online but eventually like my phone just started ringing and it was just it was just media media from all over the world just like what's happening what's happening what's happening and i was like i'm in my room i'm watching the news I know as much as you know. And by that point I was really weary of like just the media as a whole. You know how the media is. It's like they're going to pick up on a headline and they're going to try to you know make a story out of things. So I didn't want to be like, yeah, I'm I'm going to tell you this. It'll be like, you know, sources in Boston tell you this is happening. It's like so I was just like I don't know what's happening. Um I can tell you about my experience, but I can't tell you any facts. Uh, so, and that just went on for hours, hours and hours at one point. Um, well, I sent my mom a message and I just said, Hey mom, just letting you know, I'm in the hotel safe. Like I'm safe in the hotel, but she took it as a saying, I was like in the safe of the hotel. So she's like, Oh, she turned to my dad. She goes, Oh, well, I, I hope they let him out. <laughs> that was, that was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, so it was, we were just in our room, man. And it was just, it was weird. It was so weird and scary. And I, it's like, cause you don't know what's happening. You don't know what's, what is, cause we didn't know. Yeah. Such a crazy day. And so many, here's so many stories over the years, of different people's uh, experience. And you were, you know, you were as close to things as, as, uh, as anyone I've heard from about that. But uh yeah and like like to this day like so much risk like i always always have such respect and love for the city of boston for how they responded to that because we were like we were guests in their city and you had volunteers who probably knew people out in that crowd who probably knew people affected and they were taking care of us it's like don't Mm -hmm. we're, we're fine go you know like they were just and like the support the city just immediately rallied around it and was like you know this this is awful but we're we're stronger than this and so the way that community came together to support each other it was it was it was unbelievable it's just like the spirit of boston is just you know it's 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 that city that's it's kind of like it's just something about it yeah that's incredible uh yeah that's an incredible take home of of what uh of what Boston's all about as a city is what, what the people make of the race of the Boston marathon and mm-hmm. uh, everything. It's like a very special event. Sad, sad that we're not uh, going to be there running 
on, yeah. uh, on Monday. Both of us were planning to run, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Did you go back after, uh, 2013 did you did you have you run it again since i have not i've always wanted to go back um yeah but so then like for the next few years it was all about chasing times to try to go to olympics and stuff like that right so the next year um right then i don't can't remember what it was but it was all about getting qualifying times for for next event so boston's not an eligible for time qualifiers for specific events so I, I always planned on going back. I knew I'd always go back at some point. I um, mean, this year I was really excited to go back just because now we have the element of our own group with Mild Marathon. And you, and you went last year and you led the group and it looked like so much fun. And I had such FOMO. Uh, so I was really excited. Oh, dude. Yeah, because we, we coach a ton of athletes, right? And like they, Boston's the show. Uh, so yeah, and that's... Um, I'll go, I'll go when it's like this year, it's not going to happen, but it will happen again. Like not because the Boston marathon is canceled. There will always be, there'll be a Boston marathon. Totally. Uh, so yeah, definitely, definitely go back there at some point. That's cool, man. Yeah. It's uh, it, it'll definitely be a great experience once we get to go again and we get to uh, get to experience it with the whole miles marathon crew. It's uh, it, it makes it a different beast altogether. Yeah, I know why I didn't go the next year. Because you got married the night before. Ah, that's right. Poor it must be your anniversary. It must be your anniversary soon. It is. It's um, actually it was supposed to be the day of the race this year. I told oh, Francine I was taking her on a trip to uh, to Boston. All expenses paid. Yeah, she, she wasn't. <laughs> she wasn't that impressed. <laughs> yeah, because I remember. I remember next year Meb won, which was amazing. Uh, I remember watching that in a hotel room in Cambridge, hungover as hell from your mm. wedding. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big night out. Uh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well that's uh that's cool man uh always love always love hearing anyone's boston stories but no one uh no one yours and no one yours almost one is uh pre- pretty incredible thanks man almost should have won that's why i lose sleep at night should have should have gone all in on it <laughs> just kicking but yeah no man it was Oh, it's cool. I, 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 I mean, I, I feel like Bruce Springsteen's glory days sometimes is sitting there talking, ah, oh, could have been great. Could have, should have won, should have won. But no, it was a good day. It was a great day, man. No, no what ifs at all needed for that one. Right on, man. Cool. Thanks, bud. Thanks for uh, making the time and doing this. Hey, thank you for, uh, thanks for guiding me through this, man. Um, yeah, so oh, we'll get we'll go, we'll get back. We'll have a we'll have a new Boston experience. Hopefully, hopefully in September, and if not next year for sure. That's the plan. All right, buddy. Well, thank you so much, and uh, I guess we'll I don't know we'll probably talk business something else sometime soon. Something like that. Something like that's what we do now. <laughs> we're biz we're businessmen. Oh gosh! All right, <laughs> see you, bud. Cheers, boss.